Just say hello to someone, say you're glad to see them because we are. Do you know, I had this, uh, you know, you may see it happen, but I had this great thought um, this morning. What I thought was a great thought. And uh, it was like, wouldn't it be great, like, and I'm just reminded of it now when everyone's saying hello to everybody, but wouldn't it be great if, um, if we could do this for real, like, not some gimmick, but that, like, you know, Robin Patrice, whoever gets here first in the morning time, they, uh, and everything is set up and everything is equal and perfect, right? And when, say, when Lorraine comes in, that Patrice and Rob just claps, welcome, that we're really glad to see you. But, but Lorraine gets added to the queue for the next person. And, and imagine in a genuine way, because you know what? You know, some people struggle to make it to church for millions of reasons. Some people don't get here for all tolls of reasons. Some people that are here are not here no longer and are out there somewhere lost and cold and... And I just thought, what a tremendous thing that would be. And again, again, there's, what, 50 people here. Again, the 49th person walks in. There's people just turning around going, hey, look, who's after turning up? And um, so, with all that, I'd like to say, welcome to Liberty Church. And, uh, but wouldn't that be amazing? I'm going to practice that somewhere. Get ready. One of the locations is actually going to... And Imagine somebody, like, just... Because uh, here's what happens when people go missing, right? One of the biggest lies is... You can't go back there. Look at all the people you let down. Look at, you know, all, remember you promised you'd do that and you never do. Remember the commitment you made to God? Now, imagine the fright of life they'd get if they walked in and a community of people genuinely, I'm not talking about let's put on T-shirts and, you know me and be a committee or welcome team because it's a professional thing to do. I'm talking about a genuine community of people. I'm I'm so glad that you're here because I know there could have been a hundred reasons why you, might, you wouldn't have been here. And imagine that person who was out there who thinks nobody wants me in the church. Then I'll let them down or I robbed Rob's image or something like that. You know, like, how can I go back? Rob will never accept me because, believe me, they're the things that is whispered in their ears when they're out there. Because we've been there, haven't we, all of us, some stage and whatever. So anyway, welcome. It's great. Um, the Bible app or the Bible project. If you're not, is anyone engaging with it? Will you put up your hand if you're engaging with this? Isn't it fantastic? Isn't it just great at all different levels, whether it's on the Facebook, whether it's like on the website, or whether, like I've I, I seen on the Facebook there, John Royley was saying, I was, he wrote, I was, talk, I was just talking to Tom, which was Tom Barrett, about this the other day. And, and that means people in their everyday walk and work in life is talking about the same things, you know what I mean? And, and then, like, there's pictures being sent in of people just sitting down and reading together in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, whatever, which way that it is. And those who are not on Facebook and all that lark, uh, they're making up WhatsApp groups between one or two. And uh, if you, don't do it on your own. That's the, that's, the, that's the beauty of this. Get with someone and go, here, do you want a WhatsApp? Is that how you say WhatsApp? WhatsApp, yeah. And um, it's like, we don't just call it WhatsApp or, or WhatsApp or something. It's just them two words that makes me up all the time. And uh, so it's like, because you're accountable then, then you're like, you're like oh, I'm not in Jim or reading. And then your, parent, your partner sends you, here, I got this out of Luke 9 today. And all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to read what that's about. And a girl came to our prayer meeting in the morning and uh, we're reading it now as we, as we pray in the morning and uh, together as a, a little group. And uh, on the way down, the Lord spoke to her, Luke, I think it was Luke 10, 21. And uh, I was like, couldn't wait, I wonder what it is, you know. Like, so I, I didn't jump to it, I just read down what we were all reading, I just read it down with them. And it's, it was Jesus, which I'm going to read today actually, it was Jesus saying, Father, um, Jesus, full of the joy of the Holy Spirit, said, Father, I thank you. And that girl 
So we read it together, and you know, obviously she was couldn't wait to see what it was, but that's where it was. Gets filled in that morning with the Holy Spirit, baptizing power and speaking in tongues. And that, and that, and it was like 6:45 in the morning or something like that. But like, oh no, it was about half an hour. About half seven, about twenty past seven. And uh, but, but like, it's like, like God had already spoke to her something that then she experienced. Hello, like he, he said on the, she didn't know where it was. It was on. She was listening to Spirit. That's all I know. I was listening to Spirit radio, and then. The Lord spoke to me about 10.21 in Luke. That's, and that was it. And what she read, which I didn't even realize, it was only later on when she put it up on her Facebook thing, I realized what she read on the way down is what she experienced within an hour of that. And then God is not someone just to be believed in. He is someone to be experienced. He wants you and I to know his love and experience his love and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness and his relentless love and heart towards every one of us. His relentless pursuit of those who don't know him and those who do know him who are far away. He leaves the 99 and he chases that one down. That's what he wants us to experience. Amen. And I'm going to speak. You know, Rob sent me a text about the faith and work thing uh, during the week. And I, didn't even, I don't even think I responded to it. I was getting prepared a message on, um, on, on work and um, on being resent into the workplace, resent into life, but particularly I was honing in on the workplace. And I'll tell you why, because the amount of people over the years, and this is what sparked it, that resent the workplace. Like, you know, because life happens there. Like I was with a guy the other night and he says how he got hounded out of a job because of bullying. It's a rough place in some of these places, you know. And, um, and it can cause us to not, you know, not even want to go let alone do that and that's of God in it, but like not even, and I think, you know, that God wants to resend us this morning. I think he wants, I believe he wants to resend us into the workplace and yet into every space of life. Amen. So if you want to turn to Luke chapter 9, this has been some of our reading this week and uh, very exciting chapters 9 and 10. But uh, we're going to read chapter 10, um, some of chapter 10 off the screen, but just, just a little prelude to that. In the chapter 10, he sends out, 72 disciples in chapter 9 he calls the 12 to himself and he sends out the 12 and i'll just read the first verse of 9 first the second verse it says when jesus had called the 12 together he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to the cure and to cure diseases and he and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of god and to heal the sick he told them take nothing for the journey no staff, no, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you, till you leave that town. If the people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So they set out and went to the village, from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. Amen. Chapter 10, that's, he sends out the, the 12. In chapter 10, which will come up on the screen, it says... After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, force Say peace to this house. If a man is there, a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking when whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. 
When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is said in front of you, heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go to the streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day, on that day, the day of judgment, for, the, for Sodom than it will be for that town. He goes down to verse 16. He who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me. But he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and says, Lord, even demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Luke 10:21. And at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and have revealed them to children. Yes, Father, this was your good, this was your good pleasure. Amen. That's some reading, isn't it? That's really powerful stuff. He sends out, he sends them out into the world. He sends them out into the towns. He sends them out into into family into families, into circumstances, into situations. You know, the word sent is very important because God, it's it's actually an apostolic word. Um, God is an apostolic God, meaning this, the word sent is always in, in, in um, connection to, to apostolic, the word sent, that God sent the Son, that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Father, and that Jesus sent the church. Why is it important, this word sent? Because Jesus says, I'll give you power and authority, or authority and power over the enemy, over demons, over all the things. He says, I give you the power and authority. It's important that we know that we're a church that is sent. Some people just go and don't see anything. But those who are sent, the only ones that can send the church in this case is the one who has the authority to send. Amen? And Jesus says in many other places, he says, all authority is being given to me and I now give it to you. The only one that can send you out on a mission with power and authority is he who has the who was authorized to give you power and authority. And Jesus sends the 12 out. Now, I could have read that first of all, which I probably have in the past, and go, well, that was the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles. And he calls another 72 others to him, letting us know that it's not just the special ones. It's, it, it's, it's for us all. That the same, that he directly gave this commission to the apostles, but it's indirectly given out down through the ages to every person that calls themselves Christians, that God is ascending God. It's important to know that we go with an authority and with, and with that authority is power. Amen. To do the things that Jesus told us to do. And here he is laying it all down here. That I want you to go well. And I want you to preach the gospel. And I want you to heal the sick. And I want you to, to cast out devils. I want you to deal with the enemy. And they go out and they do the things that Jesus sent them out to do. Why? Because they went out on their own authority. No, under his authority. And his authority is backed up with power. 
His authority. It's one thing saying something. I got out one of the Luke's with early chapters in Luke's. Jesus goes in, he says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. To, to preach good news to the gospel, to heal the blind, to, to set the captive free and all them things. And after what he proclaimed, what he, what he, after his proclamation, he went out and done a demonstration of what he proclaimed that he was able to do. And it's no different for the church. We are good at proclamation as church. But we struggle in the area of demonstration of what our proclamation is about. And I believe that God, and that's for a hundred reasons. That could be a million reasons that we pray it and nothing happened. Or, 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 or we, by theology we don't believe it. It can be a absolutely million things. But Jesus here is sending them out and saying, you're not just going to be talkers, you're going to be walkers. You're going to be talkers and walkers. You're going to talk this thing out and then you're going to walk this thing out. And you're going to see the kingdom of God being manifest. And he sent them out in this. And and you know what the crazy thing is? They went believing that what Jesus said they could do because of his name, his authority, his power, that they went and, and, and they done this. And then you see in, in the 10th chapter, they come back and they're rejoicing. They're rejoicing that, that people were getting healed. or but They were more rejoicing that demons were submitting to them. In Jesus' name. Maybe they had seen so much demonization of people. Maybe they'd seen the damage that the devil was doing in all their communities. And that's why they rejoiced about that one. That we've seen him. But Jesus says, Jesus says, don't rejoice that devil submit to you. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. That can be read two ways. First way I read that was that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Don't rejoice about devil submitting to you. But rejoice that, that, that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? How do I know whether it is or not? No. When you accept Jesus, your name is written. Heaven bound. Fathered by God. Filled with the Spirit. Walking out the commission of Jesus. But I don't think he's talking about that here. There's no reference. He's saying, don't rejoice that demons submit you in my name. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Your name is known in the heavens. The opposite to this was in Acts when, do you remember the sons of Sceva? They went out and they tried to cast demons out in Jesus' name, in, in the name that Paul was casting them out in. And, he, and the demons looked at them and go, through the person says, I know who Paul is, I know who Jesus is, but who the heck are you? Your name is not written, you haven't got the authority. You weren't sent out by that name that's above every other name. So, 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 he, so they got battered. The, the, the seven sons of Sceva got kicked around the place. Why? Because they weren't sent out in the authority. You can, people can say Jesus this and Jesus that. But have they been sent? Have they first been with them? You can't be sent unless you're with them. And then he sends us out because he knows that we put the time in with him. That's what they did. And he says this. They came back. They seen people healed. They seen the devil submitting to them in Jesus' name. They've seen the gospel being preached to the poor. And, and he says, don't rejoice about your names. Rejoice that your name is known. Your name is known that when you pray, there listens. That realm, the heavenly realm, the spiritual realm, listens where there's forces and strongholds that they know when you pray that you're a man or a woman with authority and power because of who Jesus is in your life. And then he says, while you are out there doing that, I've seen Satan fall like lightning. See, I used to think, you can read it both ways if you want. There's reference in Ezekiel and in Isaiah about the devil getting kicked out of heaven. And that's where I used to think it was. But I think Jesus was saying, while you were out there, 
preaching the gospel, preaching the good news to the poor. While you were out there, you know, with families, while you were in their homes, while you were, while you were sharing with them, while you were telling them the kingdom of God is near, while the sick was being healed. You know, I, I believe Jesus was saying, I've seen strongholds of Satan falling hitting the ground like they no longer existed. They no longer. There's no reference to what he was saying in Ezekiel or Isaiah, but there's reference that they were going out and demons were submitting to them in, in, in his name. And I just think that is, that is something that we, we just need to, to get a hold of. We're good at preaching the gospel, but we need to, God wants us, Jesus wants to send us out like them into our world, into our communities, into our family, into our workspace. Believing that God, he doesn't just commission us and say, get out of here. He commissions us. Meaning that we do this as a company of people. And we do this in conjunction with the one who is sending us. That he doesn't say, go on out there and do that. He says, lo, I'll be with you. That you're not going in on your own. You're not going into these places on your own. That's why he sent them to wait on the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem so that God could be in each one of us, no matter where we are, in any space or any place, looking into any face. He's with us. He says, I've seen Satan fall like lightning. I see him disappear. I've seen the strongholds over people's life broken because you went out there and done what I told you to do in my name. Where does this land in work or in life? He sends us into these places with the same mission that we are commissioned to go. We are commissioned. I'm amazed at the amount of people that resent their own life. Resent what life throw us, throwing at us. Resent our upbringing. Resent where we live, where we walk, where we've... People, I resent, I've married her. Or I've married, married him. I resent, I said yes to that job. I, I've had someone said, I resented the day I became a Christian. Because they realized that life was, life was upside down. And they weren't looking at eyes through sober eyes. And they didn't like it. Like, this all happened when I became a Christian. No, it didn't. You were in jail. You just didn't know it before that. You were blind. Now you know it. Now you have decisions. Resentment is, is a French word that means to relive something over and over and over again. You know, you, you hear the people, oh man, I hate that job. Maybe there's bullying going on in the job. Maybe there's, you know, maybe it's, it, it's a, a tough job. Maybe they see things that nobody wants to see. Maybe all the things. But, but to resent it is to, to resend it to your mind all the time. To resend the issue, the circumstance, the situation. To resend it. And then it, it impacts us emotionally. It impacts us mentally. It impacts us spiritually. It impacts our faith. It impacts every area of our life. And before we know it, all, all we are is a big ball of negativity in, in, in life. And we're not fulfilling what God has called us because we're looking through resentment eyes. And I think if we were repentant of our resentment today, that God will open our eyes afresh, that we can go in with a new sense of authority, a new sense of power, a new sense of that God has, a, has something in this space for us. Why? Because there's people. And maybe that boss who was bullying is that your commission is to pray for them. Not to pray for it, but if you're the one or you see what they're doing and like batters you like that, well then we resent it all again and then we can't pray. Maybe you're the answer, maybe I'm the answer when we walk into their lives and their beasts. There's loads of beasts in there. You meet people and they're up to that and they're 
barking out and killing everything around them. But maybe God has brought me into their life that I don't just buckle underneath them, but that I go away and go, Lord, I pray for that person. What's, ask him what's going on in the world. He's the God that's everywhere. He can tell you. What did the king say to Elijah about Elijah? It's like he's in me bedroom listening. Not that you want to know what's going on in people's bedroom. That'd be a bit weird. But all of this robs us of a... It gives us a worldview that pushes God out. I believe God wants to break into all of our worlds today. To let you see things from this moment on the way he sees them. To heal our hearts, to touch our hearts, to refresh us, to go, look, I'm going to show you what it's like. Like You're probably just there to pray. You're probably just there, yeah, not to stand up in the canteen as Rob says. But maybe one day, yeah, who knows? It happened before, it can happen again in factories. Just read church histories. It robs us of faith when we resent, we resent, we relive it, we relive it over and over again and over again. And therefore we're robbed of faith and we're robbed of joy. And Jesus gives us a strategy here. First of all, he says, I'm sending you out with power and authority. Number one, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you. He's not going to send us into a job or into a family or into a circumstance that he's not given us power and authority to be able to do what he wants us to do there. He's not the king that sits in the castle. He's the king that goes before us. He's the king that's already there. He's the king that's already out walking there. We just don't see all the picture. We, we just see what, what he wants us to see at, at times when he wants us to see it. He says, I'm sending you. And listen to what he says. Don't take anything with you. What's that all about? Trust me. Trust me, I will provide for you what you need. Whether you need new sandals, I'll provide them. Whether you need money in your bag, don't take your bag, I'll provide. When he says in another place in Luke, don't worry about what you'll say. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. He's saying, will you trust me that when I'm sending you out, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and not only do I know what I'm doing, I'll give you the stuff that you need to do, the things that I'm telling you to do. He says, in another part, he's sending us out like lambs to wolves. He knows where he's sending us. But in the kingdom, lambs can cause wolves to submit to them. They're lambos. That went down better in my mind. The warriors. And then he says, if you're welcomed, stay there and fellowship. I'm sending you. I know where I'm sending you. Trust me with where I'm sending you. I have everything that you need. And if you find someone and you have, I don't know, in our world, a cup of coffee together in the job space, if you connect with someone, fellowship with them. He also says, if they don't want it, that's all right. Just move your, you don't have to force people. You don't have to put a sword to the throat and say, you're going, you know, you're going to accept Jesus or you don't have to push it down the throat. He gives us, move away. It's okay. But he says to those that are peaceful, he says, you'll know because your peace will rest on them. You fellowship with them. Have a cup of tea. Have a meal. What's there in front of you. And then he says, if anyone is sick, how do you know if someone is sick unless you sit down and fellowship with them? How do you know their kids might need something or they're, 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 they need a house or they need a home? It's over in, our, in our country, it's over a cup of tea, isn't it? And how is your ma? And he says, now there's your opportunity. Pray to me. He says, and they will be healed. 
That's what he says. I didn't say it. Jesus said, and he will be healed. I will intervene into the situation. Why? Because then you'll be able to say, that's the kingdom of God. It's not forceful. It's not this thing. But God said, I'm going to open up a channel in those spaces, out of fellowship, out of relationship, out of connection with someone, that you find out about each other's lives. And, and I don't know about you, but as, as a Christian, you, you know, you, there's a space of a year when you still have all your old buddies. And then after a year, you get consumed in another world and, and they're all there. And if we've lost connection, make connections with them. They need Jesus. And all is that not a bit manipulative? No, it's not. It's care. It's love. It's wanting them to have the greatest gift that they could ever be given. Then he says, the kingdom of God is there. The Holy Spirit is active. It's funny, I was talking to a guy who works in the Salvation Army in town. And it's a tough, no doubt it's a tough job Half of it, it's a residential, half of it is for people with like severe mental health um, things going on for them. There's um, other people that are there for all, you know, just one end of it is, is even in people's life, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of darkness. And then the other side of it is people that are coming out of addiction or are still in active addiction. And then there's another part that's like, um, like overnights, you know, like no, not residential. And the stories that he just tell me, it's unbelievable of, of, of people's lives, people's brokenness, concerns. But he also, and he also gets attacked a lot, to be honest. He like, and, um, and he also gets to hold people. And he has permission in his job to pray with anybody he wants to. And this last week he was giving out about the job. And I'm not saying it's easy. I know it's not easy. But I said to him, if I would have said to you 10 years ago, God's going to put you into a position where you're with the broken and broke. As I know. And you're going to be able to hold them and tell them it's going to be all right. And you're not only going to be able to do that, you're going to be able to tell them about Jesus without any repercussions. And you're going to be able to lead some of them to Jesus. And you, he has a prayer meeting with six or seven of them every day in the job. And I said, you were able to pray with them. What would you do? And he said, I'd just snatch your hand off for that ministry. I said, not only that, but what have I told you? That you were going to get paid for that ministry. He said, no, that would have been my dream. I said, you're in your dream. Because of getting broke down and attacked over periods of time, it breaks down what the original intent that he knew God had them there for. And it's the same with us all. No matter where, whether you're working in church, you don't think we've ever said, I'm out here. Do you not think I've never thought I could have an easier life somewhere? Of course. But then you get back to your original. Why you're there? Who called you to be there? Who sent you here? Who provided for you to be here? And then them other resentments can turn into a resending, a repurposing into what God has called you. I was up in a place yesterday, last words, I was up in a place yesterday, in, up in the north speaking, a place called Donacadee. And a lovely little place just on the coast, next stop, 17 miles of Scotland. That's the tip of like the country. Beautiful Presbyterian church. Hungry for God. Thirsting for the things of the Spirit of God to come to their little town. Unbelievable. And I'm up there and I'm speaking. Not, not one mention of anything that I've said here today. Not one mention. At the end, this girl comes up. Can I talk to you for a minute? Yes. She says, I'm a policewoman this week. I've seen four, I 
I put four young men into body bags because of heroin overdoses in Belfast. She says, and I was like, what am I doing? She says, this is my second time in this job. She says, I left and they asked me to come back and I'm back. And I'm like, I'm going in. Like, why am I even going in there? Why do I, why am I looking at people in body bags? All this. And she says, this morning, I don't know what she heard. Because I didn't say any of this. But she said, I feel I know what my purpose is in being in that job. She says, who else is going to get to stand and pray for families? Not directly laying hands on. Who else is going to stand in the gap for God to pull down the stronghold of addiction, to break down the networks of drug dealing? Who's going to, she says, I just realized that God has me there yesterday. I didn't say a word about any of this, but God was speaking to someone. But it was encouraging to me because I said, I'm going to use that in the morning. Now God wants to, what did he do? He repurposed her. He was reset. That's what I done. I laid hands. I knew what I was preaching. She didn't know I was going to preach this morning. But I says, can we pray for you, me and the pastor? We sent her out afresh to see through God's eyes where he's placed them. Where, 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 where he's placed her, where the door that he opened. Maybe it wasn't the commissioner calling her back to the job. Maybe the com- God was using the commissioner to get a Christian in. The- and I was thanking God for, Lord, thank you that you've your people everywhere. You've your people everywhere. The only thing is we're a bit blinded as to why we're there. Well, he's the God that opens eyes. He's the God. Like, you could say anything. Like, like I know Terry Doran travels up and down this country. And I don't know what Terry does in his car. But maybe God has him traveling up and down this country that every time he sets foot in the county, or tire in the county. That God's plan is pray for that county. Maybe you're in hospital and, and, and you mightn't be allowed to pray for everybody. Uh, and uh, But you can pray to God. He hears you. He can open a way. You can, I remember I was out in the hospital. I remember Jason O'Sullivan son was in a huge car crash. Like I was called. Me and Sharon was called. He was in Nice Hospital. And then he was brought up to Bowmount because the, the brain was all over the place. And, and we got out there before um, the thing arrived, the ambulance arrived. And then when it arrived, I was allowed to go in because I'm a minister. And, and uh, I goes in to pray. And I kid you not, I didn't know which end of that kid was what. His body was a mass of meat with lacerations and blood. And, you know, like the blood was stopped, you know, outwardly, but it was all over him. And so you don't know what's what. And, um, and I don't know what I prayed there, but I went outside the door. I was standing outside the door of the hospital walking up and down saying, no death visit this hospital today. I kept saying, and it was like a God-inspired one-liner, no death visits this hospital today to that kid. No death. I didn't know. Sharon was behind the ambulance like at another door saying the exact same words. Stephen Casty works there as a chef. He was up chopping me saying the exact same words that the Holy Spirit had inspired. Like You don't know why you're there, but maybe one prayer from God can change your whole situation. Maybe you're working with kids and like you say, what would you do to influence the kids of, of the world? And, uh, and you go, I give anything and yet God has you in a situation where you're working with kids and uh, you're, you're just missing it or working with men or working with old folk or wherever we are working on, on a phone like just being nice to people on a phone can, can encourage someone on the other end of that phone like because you can get beasts on phones in companies wherever Andy working for humanitarian aid going into the fashion world going into the music world people we can't go in resenting we need to go in rejoicing that God is going to use me in this place and all I need is my eyes open Amen Amen isn't that right? <laughs> Let's pray, yeah? 
do you know what? There's a, there's a guy in last week in Art Issue, and his little boy is artistic. And every time I said a sentence, he was like, Amen. Bring him every week, will you? <laughs> I was at a wedding. I'd done a wedding over the Christmas, and uh, there's a girl and a guy that I know, and uh, another family, and them. Um, and uh, I, I don't, I don't just do civil marriages. That's not my. You can get any, any old goal to do that. And uh, I'm like, no. Look, if you want me to marry you, I, I get to pray a blessing over your marriage. I believe God is for marriage. Did it, and no one ever has ever refused. And and so before the, before the wedding, I always prep the people. You know, like so you have 120 beautiful people dressed up ready for a big party and da 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 and uh, and I, I, do, I do two things one of them is about welcome the boy but at the end I say to everybody look I'm not just someone from an office I'm, I'm a minister I'm a pastor of a church called Liberty Church and and, uh, and I believe in blessing I believe that God honours my words I believe God wants to bless marriage and the word amen means so be it so I give them a little Hebrew lesson and then uh, I go so when I pray a blessing and you say amen you're saying what he prayed I agree with and, uh, and everyone gets that, so we do a little practice. And I go, so at the end of my blessing, I'll say, and all the people said, and that's usually the way they start. And then I go, no, that's not good enough. So I'm saying this with non-believers, guys. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, this is something that you care about. You have to put a bit of soul into it. You have to put a bit, you have to put a bit more into it, put a bit of skin into it. And they're like, yeah, because these people are important to you, aren't they? Yeah, they're, you're here because they want you here. That they were. So when I pray this blessing, at the end I say, hey, and all the people say, they usually go, Amen. Amen. Man. And all the people said, Amen. I'm a big believer in the Amen. I tell you why. I believe Jesus is the yes to every promise of God. But I believe the Amen comes from earth. I believe with all my heart. It's just saying, I agree with what heaven is saying. And I'm, I'm beginning to believe this. If there's no Amen, you're not getting it. Because it's nonchalance. It's passive. It's like I'm not taking a hold of it. I believe that. About, I really do believe that. That's like God is looking for a, 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 an agreement. He's looking for an agreement so he can pour out. So amen is probably the smallest word in the Bible, but has the biggest, biggest um, conclusions or, or consequences or blessings being poured out. So, and when that little kid was, so I said this before I even preached last week, because I'm like, I believe 1920s was the roaring 20s. I'm praying that these are the next roaring 20s, that we're roaring out the things of God, we're roaring out the testimony of Jesus, we're roaring out what he's done in our lives and how he's doing it. And I think part of that is like, amen. And this little artistic kid, after said it, that's what he was saying, amen, I'd go and we're going to go now, amen so be you, maybe that's, he was probably saying I can't wait to get out of here, but um, amen, amen so let's stand and uh, and not only stand that, that's, that was just to get you to move but I believe liberty is an apostolic church I believe in apostolic anointing on my life and Rob's life. I believe that Jesus uses apostolic ministries to send out the church to be who they are. And um, and I want to send us out today afresh. I'm not only standing here, I'm also down there with you as well. And, um, but someone has to do the sending. Send us back into our world to, 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 to just take a moment. What does repent mean? Repent means turn away from that way of thinking that you had prior to this moment. It's not a condemnation word. It's a, in fact, it's a tremendous word. Peter says, repent so the times of refreshing can come. So no repentance, no refreshing. So um, it's a great word. It's an amazing word. And it just means that like, in this situation, that if you viewed life, if you viewed where God has placed you, in life, and look, I know life baffles us. I know. 
proclaiming man. That's why we keep saying this Christianity is for no wimps. Real, real man or real woman walks with Jesus. I know that I know, I know things come at us. These moments give us an opportunity to refocus, to recalibrate, put Jesus and what he's called us to do back into the center of who we are. And we get to decide that by turning from old thinking and saying, okay, Lord, I've, I, I've, that's been a bit screwed over the last while and messed with and blurred. And where I hear you. All we say is, Lord, I, I'm sorry I'm turning from that. I'm turning to you. You're turning from something, you're always turning to something. In this sense, we're turning from something, we're turning to somebody who brings refreshing, opens our eyes, and sends us back out in his authority and his power to see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. To see the enemy's stronghold over minds and hearts and families. With one word from heaven, through your mouth, Satan falls like lightning. To step back out into that place of praying for healing. We're not telling you about healing, will I? I've seen hundreds die in my community. I've seen scores of them that I personally laid hands on and die. I know your faith can take a battle. I prayed for my three brothers and they died. I know what that is personally. I know what it is. I prayed for Sharon and she couldn't get healed. I know what that is. You know what that is. But today is a resending. It's a recalibrating of saying, no, it's in the Bible. Jesus said, I'm, I, I need strength and energy and, and anointing and freshness, Lord, to, to jump back onto that wherever it is again so that I can go again. And he's saying, amen. 